Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 47. Let all the house of Israel therefore know certainly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, and to your children, and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. There were added that day about three thousand souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayer. Fear came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all, according as anyone had need. Day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple and breaking bread at home, they took their food with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to the assembly day by day those who were being saved. All right, we're continuing today where we left off last week in Acts chapter 2. Peter continues, he says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know certainly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Bible commentator F.F. Bruce wrote, that the early Christians meant to give Jesus the title Lord in this highest sense of all is indicated by their not hesitating on occasion to apply to him passages of Old Testament scripture referring to Yahweh. Remember Peter had earlier quoted from Joel 2, 28-32, where it promises at the end of that passage that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now in verse 36 of Acts, Peter boldly proclaims Jesus to be Lord and Christ basically declaring him to be Yahweh of Joel 2.32. So as a result of Peter's preaching and exposition of God's word, the people were cut to the heart. It says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? God's word is piercing. As Hebrews 4.12 affirms, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Holy Spirit, through the preaching of God's word, had convicted them of their sin. They were now contrite and broken in spirit, prepared and ripe to receive Jesus. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. When someone's truly repentant and ready to receive Jesus, 
They'll respond with meekness and submission to the gospel message, not harshness and rebellion. Israel responded to Peter's preaching by asking, what shall we do? And this is how Peter responded, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent simply means to change one's mind or direction. These Israelites had thought a certain way about Jesus before, to the point of having him crucified. They had rejected him. Now they're being told to change their mind and attitude about Jesus. They're being commanded to embrace him as Lord and Messiah. We are spiritually baptized into Christ when we hear and believe the gospel. In the Christian tradition, Christians are often water baptized after salvation as an outward expression of an inward transformation that has already taken place by God's Spirit through faith in Jesus. But water baptism doesn't save. Water baptism doesn't bring about forgiveness of sins. Only hearing and believing the gospel of Jesus does. Water baptism is, however, a beautiful picture of our salvation and the saving work of Christ and it's an outward proclamation of the believer's identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now it goes on to say in verse 41, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. They were added that day about 3,000 souls. Amazing! 3,000 souls saved after one sermon. Remember I mentioned earlier on in this chapter the Jewish tradition viewed Pentecost as the day commemorating the law being given to Israel. Again, I find it an interesting coincidence that at the giving of the law, about 3,000 perished because of their sinful rebellion against God. You can read about that in Exodus 32:28. But on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, about 3,000 were saved because of their faith in Jesus. Again, the law brings wrath. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moving on, starting in Acts 2, 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayer. As Christians, we still sit under the apostles' teaching today. We don't need new, cleverly devised doctrines. Christian pastors don't have to be original in what they teach. We are to contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. The apostles of Jesus have already laid the foundation for us, and we have their teachings in the form of the New Testament. The apostle John wrote in 1 John 4, 6, We are of God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not of God doesn't listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. All right, so they sat under the apostles' teaching, which was Christ's teaching, and they all had fellowship. Here in Acts 2.42, the Greek word for fellowship is actually koinonia. It has the idea of participation, association, and communion. It means to share in something. Acts 2.43, fear came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. In the days of the early church, signs and wonders done through the apostles were a way of demonstrating the validity of the apostles in their calling and teaching. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle, for I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. 
Moving on. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all according as anyone had need. I'd imagine many of those 3,000 Israelites who got saved that day were visiting for Pentecost from the surrounding nations. They were of the dispersion, that was the comprehensive designation applying to Jews living outside of Palestine. It's likely many of them didn't immediately go back to the lands from which they came to be in unity with the other believers and to learn and grow in their knowledge of Christ under the apostles' teaching and fellowship. This means they left their homes, lands, and livelihoods behind, at least for a season, to be present in Jerusalem with the other believers. Now there's indication that at least some of them eventually went back to their former countries, furthering the spread of the gospel to the surrounding nations as well. Regardless, the newly added believers who were of the dispersion didn't have jobs or homes or lands in Jerusalem. Also, as persecution against the believers in general gained traction in Jerusalem, I can imagine some of them may have lost their livelihoods. So if they were to survive there as a body, the family of Christians would need to share. But it was voluntary and not forced. Communism is the government telling the people, what's yours is mine. This was different. This was the people sharing the resources of their own free will with other believers. And with the attitude, what's mine is yours. Now it's hard to say how long this uh, particular type of Christian communalism was being practiced in Jerusalem in the early church. Indications are this was temporary and unique to the Jerusalem church. It had its difficulties in that the church in Jerusalem was in continual need of financial support from other Gentile churches. Remember the Apostle Paul exhorting the Gentiles all over the place that if anyone isn't willing to work, let him not eat. I can imagine communalism as Christians on that scale of thousands of people would be something very difficult to sustain long term, though what they did was incredible. This was an amazing demonstration of selflessness, faith, and unity as the body of Christ came together to help each other with needs during a season of persecution and poverty. They saw a need, they tended to it without hesitation. They counted the needs of the church body more valuable than their possessions. Moving on, verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So it appears they often gathered near the Jewish temple as a larger body, likely in Solomon's porch. But it doesn't seem like it stopped there. Believers also gathered day by day in their homes with other believers, breaking bread and fellowship. You know, I love church small groups. You know, I love getting to know people in my local church body in personal and intimate settings. Simply attending a church service once a week doesn't really reflect what the early church was doing. The fellowship they experienced reached into the home, and it was often and unforced. People wanted to get together to enjoy each other, pray together, eat meals together. They did life together in community, not isolation. I believe that's how God intends us to live as Christians. And finally, verse 47 of Acts 2, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When a Christian body is functioning as it should, its members are in unity and in constant fellowship with each other in Christ. They aren't focused on themselves, but focused outward on the needs of others. In unison and through prayer, 
with God's Spirit and His Word, they are equipped to and seek to fulfill the Great Commission. Still today, the Lord is adding to His body, day by day, those who are being saved. God takes care of growing His church. And based on what we learn here in Acts 2, it appears a healthy and growing Christian body will be in unity, constant fellowship and prayer. They'll show gratitude, be generous, and continually praise God. Revelation comes from God the Father through His only Son to the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth to every follower of Christ. To receive the Holy Spirit we must pray and we will be sent this gift before all after we are baptized in His name. The gift allows us to be one with Jesus and His Father giving strength to live the Word of God and comfort when we falter in His grace. Grace is given freely and the Spirit offers gifts to us like wisdom, knowledge, faith, and healing, miraculous powers. But above all these we should desire the gift of prophecy. God is pouring out His Spirit on all people. And daughters prophesy and open dreams. Bands of prophets speak the truth as the Spirit gives them view and reveal the Word of God so all can see. The way the prophecy comes forth is told us in the Word. Two or three together prophesy. Others who have heard us as the message comes not from one man, but each one takes a turn, speaking words taught by the Spirit who reminds us of the things we've learned from. Studying the Bible, we must verify and test the word of prophecy against the word of God. So if it's true, then we can Well, with music for the Lord, we speak the word of God in spiritual song. So we sing of Him among the people and praise His name among the nations to build up the body of Christ. Family of Christ, all our faith is unified, and we will share. Son of God is pouring out His Spirit on all people. Sons and daughters prophesy and old men dream. Prophets be.
speak the truth Our faith renews And now we see God is pouring out His Spirit on all people Sons and daughters prophesy An old man dream A band of prophets speaks the truth As the Spirit gives them view And reveals the Word of God so all can see God has not left us alone Back home in these last days, you will lead us home. That was Band of Prophets from the Adams Road album Band of Prophets.
That was Falling in Love from the Adams Road album Band of Prophets.
That was an Adams Road Piano original piece. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 3. Grace and peace be with you all.